Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. Well, church, I am just excited to talk to you today really about something that has been stirring and filling my hearts for quite a while, just something that God's been speaking to us. I just want to take some time today and talk about who we are, talk about where we're going, talk about what Cornerstone Church is going to look like as God keeps unfolding this next season of our church to us. I wanna talk to you about three things. I wanna talk to you about bridges, barriers, and bricks this morning. Why don't you tell somebody close to you, bridges. Tell somebody else close to you, barriers. (laughs) And tell somebody else, maybe somebody behind you or somebody in your house with you, bricks. I believe that God is calling us to be bridge builders, barrier breakers, and bricklayers in this season. Churches all around the world for centuries really have existed for essentially the same purpose. The church of the living God, Christian churches exist to be the glorious demonstrated bride of Christ in the earth, to declare his gospel wherever we go and to make disciples out of everyone who would believe. But he has placed us in different places and different times and given us different capacities, different hows, different ways that we go about demonstrating who he is to the communities that he has placed us in. And I believe that he's calling us to be bridge builders in this season. What are bridge builders? Bridge builders are people who create pathways for those who are not yet part of the family of God to come into the family of God, that we would be a people who create bridges into our communities, into our society that says, if you don't know how to get into the house of God, if you don't know how to get into the family of God, let me show you because we have created a bridging opportunity for you to come into. Bridges move us from one place to another place. They help us move from a place maybe that we feel stuck to a place that we want to get to. They help us move across things and expanses that seem too wide for us to get across on our own. Bridges have the power to transform people from one place to another. And it's our role as a church cornerstone to be bridge makers in our community. To be people who say, if you feel far from God and that expanse seems too wide for you, we are going to create bridging opportunities for you to cross over into the presence of God. I think about Paul in Acts. In Acts 17, he goes in and he's talking to the Athenians. And instead of just coming at them with everything that he knew, he creates a bridging experience for them. And he begins quoting their Greek poetry. In Acts 17, you're probably familiar with these lines. He quotes to them a line that says, In him we live, move, and have our being. And then in another line, he says, For we are indeed his offspring. 
And many of us quote it as scripture because it was so powerful that it got written down in our holy scripture. But before it was that, it was Greek poetry. And Paul took this opportunity to say, you can't connect yet with the thing I'm trying to explain to you. So let me create a pathway. Let me create a highway for you to come into, for you to understand what I'm explaining. And he created a bridging opportunity for the Greeks by quoting to them something they could connect with. Bridges connect where you are to where you need to be, to where you're going to. I think of vow coming up. It's a bridging opportunity for us. When we go outside of these four walls and we say, you don't know what the love of God feels like, let me come to you and create an experience in the place where you are that will allow you to step into the presence of God in a new way. We are gonna be bridge builders, people who create highways for people to move out of the darkness and into the marvelous light of his presence. And then we're gonna be barrier breakers. You know, last night we went out, uh, we took the boys out for some ice cream and we were all packed up and excited to go get some ice cream. There is nothing better on a hot summer evening than getting some ice cream out before dinner, right? It's like dessert first. Come on. There's no better way to live your life. Yes. So we were taking the boys out to get some ice cream and we were driving down the road. Everyone's excited. We know where we're trying to go. We know where we want to go. We're going and we think that this pathway is going to work. And all of a sudden we encounter large orange barrels. Yes. Terrible! It is a barrier blocking us from where we are trying to go. We can see where we're trying to get to. We know that this road is meant to lead us where we're trying to get to, but these barriers are in our way, stopping us and preventing us from getting to our destination of delicious vanilla ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. We had to find another way. We eventually got there and everyone got their sugar fix for the night. But how many people in our community, how many people in society are trying to get into the house of God, trying to get into the family of God, trying to get into the presence of God? And every time they try to walk the path that they think is going to lead them there, there are barriers that are preventing them from accessing his presence. There are things that prevent them from coming into the house of God, things that have been built up in their own lives, things around them, things like ideologies or false, uh, false beliefs about what the people of God and who the people of God are, things like negative personal experiences that create calluses in our hearts and, and bitter emotions that prevent us from encountering the presence of God, things like physical barriers for people who are homebound or people who aren't aren't able to get out or who are in the middle of a pandemic and shouldn't be coming out, barriers that are preventing them from accessing the presence of God. And it is our role as a church to tear down every barrier that is preventing someone from accessing the presence of God that we can possibly get to. It's why we make sure our services go out online. It's why we're streaming on all kinds of platforms. Because if there is a barrier preventing someone from getting here, we want to say we are going to take that barrier down. 
I believe it's the image that Christ gave us when he came and he tore the veil and said, there's a barrier preventing my people and my presence from being together, so let me tear down that veil. When the Holy Spirit came, there was a barrier of language preventing people from communicating and hearing the message of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to tear down that barrier because I'm going to empower people with a language that allows them to speak the gospel wherever they go. And he has given it to us to be those who would tear down barriers that are preventing other people from coming into his presence. And we are committed more than ever to being the kind of people that don't break down the bar that God has set for us as righteousness, but tear down every barrier that would prevent people from coming and experiencing that righteousness. Everything that would try and hinder, every, every hand that tries to push someone back, we are going to go after every single barrier until we have broken it down and we see every person that is willing and that wants to experience the power and the presence of God. We are a church that is about breaking down barriers. And then we are going to build on bricks. Our bricks are the firm foundation that we stand upon. And this is where I really want us to spend a little bit of time today leaning into. It's talking about the bricks that have been laid before us. The bricks each represent the different foundation items that we build upon, that we stand upon, that we get to build the next season of Cornerstone Church upon and look into the future together. Jesus, of course, is the cornerstone of the bricks that we build on. He is the first brick that was laid. He is the one that sits in the corner and all the other bricks move out from it and are dependent upon it. And you're building, the cornerstone is the first brick that you lay down. It sets where all of the other bricks are going to go. And without that brick, it is the stabilizing brick if that brick is removed, all other bricks can't stand any longer. And we build and we stand on the firm brick of Jesus Christ as our corner stone. Ephesians 2 and 19 says this, if you want to turn there with me. It says, so then you are no longer stranger and aliens, but you rather are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place by the God, by, for God by the Spirit. As we set Jesus in our own hearts and in our church as the cornerstone of our existence, then we build our life on the holy teaching of the scriptures, on the teaching of the apostles and of the prophets that we find laid out in scripture for us. Those bricks start moving out and creating a firm foundation that we build and stabilize everything else upon. And it says as we fit together, we become a dwelling place. As we fit all of these bricks in their proper place, as we lay them out, 
each creating a structure. They create a dwelling place for the presence of God to come and to encounter. And then he has given for each of parts of his body, each household, each church that he has set out across the world in its different unique places, unique roles, unique reflections of who he is, unique parts. And that becomes the next layer of our foundation, the thing that God has called this house to be, the things that we have built this house upon. I want to read you something today, something some of you have maybe heard, but I would guess many of you haven't. It's the original kind of vision, mission statement that Bishop Pitts and Pastor Kathy wrote over 30 years ago. I want to read it to us today. It goes like this. It says, the plan is simply for God to have a church that functions in his divine order and inspiration. A church where people of all races, ethnic groups, cultural positions, or religious backgrounds can come together to worship God. A place where people will find grace and acceptance and where they will be challenged to grow. A place where those who need healing and deliverance will find God ever present to meet those needs. A growing place, a happy place, a lighthouse to the city ministering to the whole person. As we stood on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ and we stood on the foundation of the the biblical teachings of the apostles and of the prophets, God laid another layer of our foundation of who he has called this house to be, how he has called us to demonstrate who he is. We are built on bricks like being a spirit-led church that we believe that the Spirit of God speaks to us the direction and the order that we should be walking in, that we are a multi-ethnic church, that since the inception of who Cornerstone is, we didn't decide to be a diverse church because it became trendy. We decided to become a diverse church because it's who God has called us to be, and we have a deep doctrinal belief that it is our responsibility to be a reflection of heaven on earth, that we are a church that exhibits grace and growth at the same time, that anyone can walk in these doors as they are, and when they walk in these doors as they are, that they would find an atmosphere and a people that challenges them to grow up, to be mature disciples of Christ, that we would be a house of his presence. That Cornerstone is a happy place. Come on, y'all are some of the friendliest people I know. Everywhere I go and every time we have visitors, they leave and they tell me, those are some of the happiest people I have ever met. You guys have some of the friendliest people because one of the stones, one of the bricks that we build on is that the house of God should be a place filled with his joy, filled with rejoicing, filled with thanksgiving, filled with laughter in his presence. That we are a lighthouse to a city, a city set on a hill. Come on, shine, city, shine. It is our belief that we are to be the house set on a hill, demonstrating and influencing culture. We're built on the the word of God. We're built on generosity. We're built on a belief that everyone has a role to play. It is one of the bricks that we build on, that everyone has something that they can do. And we are built on audacious 
faith in this house that we believe that God is going to do what he said he would do. That we count the character of God over any situation, over any circumstance. In the midst of adversity, we count on his faithfulness. In the midst of rejoicing, we count on his faithfulness because we believe in a faithful God and we're a people with a deep, audacious faith that says my faith won't be stirred, my faith won't be rocked, but I will dig deep into audacious faith. And over the last three decades, a solid foundation has been built for this house. A foundation that has been laid brick by brick by many of you who have been here for years and years. You have helped lay and secure those solid foundations of this church. And it's a foundation that we get to now stand on and look forward and say, God, what more will you do? God, what else is there in front of us? And I want you to know that I am proud of Cornerstone Church. I am honored to be leading this church, to be standing on a solid foundation. And to look ahead and say, God, I know that there are more lives to be transformed. I know that there are more households to be reached. I know that there is more to be done locally and globally. So let's stand on this solid foundation of bricks and look to the days ahead. And guess what there is about brick foundations? I've been looking and learning and studying about foundations as God's been speaking this concept of bridges, barriers, and bricks to Phil and I, that we're going to build on solid bricks, that we're going to break down every barrier, and that we're going to create bridges for people to walk into. And the thing that is great about a brick foundation is that if a single brick in that foundation gets cracked, comes loose, needs repairing. It doesn't make the whole foundation irreparable. It doesn't make the whole foundation broken. It doesn't mean the whole foundation has to be ripped out and torn out. It means that we need to give attention to a single brick. And if that brick is not tended to, it can create issues for the whole foundation. But if we give attention to bricks that need mending, all you have to do is go in and dig out that single brick. You scrape out around it, pull out that brick and replace it. And when it's replaced, when it's repaired, it is sturdier than it was before. It's stronger than it was before. It's better than it was before. It is a more solid foundation to keep building on. Cornerstone Church, we are going to tend to what needs tending to. We are going to shore up what needs shored up. We are going to reinforce whatever needs reinforced in our foundation. Because we are in a transitioning season. And transitioning seasons are unsettling seasons. Scripture says, I wish that you would not be ignorant of these things. Hebrews says it this way, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. When God sends some shaking into our lives, it unsettles and it allows us to look and to say, that brick right there needs some attention. It didn't hold solid when the shaking came. 
And so we're gonna go in and we're gonna shore up the bricks that need replacing, but we're not gonna pretend like it means that the entire foundation is broken. We're not gonna pretend like it means that everything good that is still there is not good. We have a solid foundation that we are building on. We have a firm foundation that we are building on. And we are gonna continue to grow and to build on it. And if the bricks are our solid foundation that we build on, then the mortar that holds them together is the culture that we do it in. It's the way that we walk it out. It's the way that we work it out. And all of us have a role to play in the culture that we have. Our culture is what causes our bricks to stick together to set into place, to be solid. It's what, what pulls them together and allows them to become that dwelling place. And while culture is directed by leadership, it's built by all of us together. It's built by the way that we come and the way that we interact, by the things that we permit and don't permit in our presence. It's by the way that we look and that we speak to one another. The type of church that we want to have is largely dependent on what each and every one of us brings to it. I love the challenge that Rich Wilkerson Jr. gives to his church. He says to them, I want you to ask yourself the question, if everyone acted like you act, would our church be stronger for it or weaker for it? I know it's strong, huh? First time I heard it, I was like, woo, come on, Rich. But I liked it so much, I said, I'm gonna start asking us that. I'm gonna start asking myself that. I'm gonna start asking our staff that. Start asking our volunteers. I'm gonna start asking every person who calls Cornerstone home. Would our church be stronger or weaker if all of us acted the way that you're acting? Because all of us have a role to play in the type of church that we have, in the type of church that we want. I'm going to put your mind back to Vision Sunday, if you can remember, all the way to the beginning of January. And we talked about when Joshua and the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan. And when they crossed over the Jordan, it took all of them. Because this time, God said, I want people who will get underneath the weight of my presence and walk out into the water. He said, I need all of you to carry this thing together. So we're gonna be people who set the firm bricks of our foundation into a culture that leans into one another, into a culture that celebrates what God is doing and calls out what the enemy is trying to do to separate us. We are gonna be a people who walk in the presence of who God is. I'm almost done this morning. It's not a long message, but as I finish, I'd like you to turn with me to Ezra 3. We're going to jump kind of midway down in the chapter. In Ezra 3, what we see here is that the children of Israel have gone and they are shoring up the foundation. They're relaying and repairing the foundation of the temple of God. Uh, they're getting ready to, to erect the second temple after Solomon's temple. And they go through and they've been working to reinforce it, to repair it, to rectify the foundation that was there before so that they can build what God's calling them to build in their season. And as they do, they get ready to dedicate it. They finished the work of shoring up the foundation and they begin to dedicate it. And in Ezra 3, starting in verse 11, it says, 
And all the people shouted with a great shout, and when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, but many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of the house being laid, though many aloud also shouted for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard from far away. When I read this part of Ezra, they've come to this critical moment in their history. They've come to this moment where finally they're dedicating the fresh foundation. And as they're dedicating it, all of a the sudden there comes up at the same time sounds of weeping and sounds of rejoicing. And they're lifted up and it tells me that the two sounds come up and they start blending and they start merging as one. And it reminds me that God is not afraid for us to have multiple feelings in the same moment. The sound became like one sound as it lifted up and God didn't shut it down and say, I only want to hear one sound. It, he allowed them to express the multitude of the emotions that they were feeling. He allowed it to come up and as they joined together, it became more than one sound and it reminds me that it's possible for us to feel and to stand in a moment and have more than one feeling in the same moment that it's possible for me to feel sad for what was and hopeful for what will be in the same moment, to feel ready and to feel nervous at the same time, to feel weak and to feel strong in the same moment, to be both proud and disappointed. And it's not our responsibility to bury or to, to determine which one of those emotions is right, but to release them both before God and let them go up as a sound, as a cry in front of him. When any woman who has ever gone into labor knows what it is to be both excited and scared at the same time. It is at the most critical moments of our life when things are being birthed into our, into our lives, when things are coming forth that we feel this pressure of emotion. And it's the lie of the enemy that tries to make you feel shameful for, for the feeling and the emotion that you have or say that it's time to bury one or that you can't go on because you're feeling one of those things. But God says, let both sounds come up before me at the same time time. Let both of those sounds be cried out before me and I'll blend them together so that it's one sound. Ezra tells me that there are two sounds that can happen at the same time. And it reminds me of in Matthew 13 where Jesus tells the story about when wheat was sowed in a field and then weeds were sown right beside it. And he said, and the servant said, do you want us to try and go separate them? And he said, sometimes you just have to let both of them grow up at the same time and trust the faithfulness of God that at the appointed time he will separate what is harvest from what is wheat. If we can trust in his faithfulness that he will separate the two. So I want to remind you in the middle of critical moments, in the middle of testing moments, in the middle of transitional moments, don't let your heart be overwhelmed. Don't let your heart be pulled here or be pulled there. But we might, because, they'll be, because you're having conflicting emotions, I want us to look back to the beginning of Ezra 3 and 11 at exactly what it is they were singing. 
At the beginning of Ezra 3 and 11, it says the praise that they were lifting up said, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. He is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. I have confidence to release both sounds and let them go up before God and say, God, this is all of what I'm feeling. I want to pour it out before you and let it come up into your presence because I stand in a firm belief that he is good and that his steadfast love endures forever. That when I feel unsteady, he is steady. That when I feel unsure, he is steady. When I feel tossed around, he is steady. When I feel confused, he is steady. When I feel uncertain, he is steady. We serve a steady, 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 steady God. He will not be shaken. So as you stand to your feet this morning, what I wanted to encourage us in is in the midst of this moment to let both sounds come up before God, to pour out our heart before Him, to not be pulled or torn in these critical moments, but to say that your steadfast love endures forever. And because we are settled that your steadfast love endures forever, we will build on the solid bricks of this foundation. We will tear down every barrier. Trust me, we're gonna go after them. Phil and I are more settled, more sure, more fired up than ever. That every barrier that is preventing someone from encountering the presence of God is a barrier that is getting ready to come down. That we will see generations of people come into his presence that we will build bridges that expedite their journey and say come this way into the marvelous presence of his glorious light as a house filled with grace and with growth and I'm so grateful for it So, Father God, we just want to pour ourselves out to you today. Jesus, we thank you that you see us as we are, that you see our our deepest thoughts, God, our deepest concerns, our deepest joys, God. And so we want to lift them up before you. We want to pour them out in your presence. We want to withhold nothing from you. say that we know that you are able. We know that we can pour out before you because your steadfast love endures forever. And so we stand on that firm foundation. God, I thank you that you are healing hearts today, that you are binding up, that you are pouring out your holy oil, God and doing what only you can do. God, in the midst of a year that has been filled with so many questions, help us to still see 
the reasons for rejoicing, for gratefulness, for the way you have kept us, for the way you have led us, for the way you have guarded us, for your faithfulness, God. We thank you that you are the cornerstone that we build on. Jesus Christ. And we bless your name. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you wanna sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.